Hey everyone, it's Mike Andes from Business Bootcamp Podcast, and before we get today's show, and before we get rolling here, I wanted to share a few of the books that I have been listening to over the course of the past few months or weeks. Uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I rarely read any sort of business book. Uh, really, religious literature is the only thing I read. Uh, I literally never, ever read books. And so uh, Audible, though, I devour them literally a couple a week. Uh, I usually listen to it while I am working or while I am doing dead work on a computer, stuff like that. So anyways, I wanted to mention three books that I've been reading that I like in the past few uh, months. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. In that book, he really talks about creating a story, creating an identity. I think it's good if you are struggling to find a brand within your company, really figure out what makes you different than everyone else. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Another one I've been listening to that's really kind of interesting, and I never knew the whole story behind this memoir, was it, this, the name of the book is called Shoe Dog, S-H-O-E, Shoe Dog, and it is, is a memoir of the, the founder of Nike, Phil Knight. And it's kind of amazing how much all went happened in the first you know five ten years of Nike back in the 60s and 70s what all they went through uh, the court cases and the legal stuff and the financial tobaccos and basically until you know the first three quarters of the book you think they're gonna close up shop the next day just so many different times that it came down to the wire for Nike before they made it big and obviously we all know who they are today uh, so that was another book I have been listening to Shoe Dog by Phil Knight uh, another book that I like very tactical book is One Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb uh, basically breaks it into nine different categories that you can you can print off online the, 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 the paperwork and you can fill out exactly how you prospect to, to, to new clients how during the process of the sale how you talk to talk to them connect with them communicate ask for referrals afterwards and the whole follow-up process so those are the three three books I'd like to recommend today I'll try to do this a little bit more often but let's get back to our regularly scheduled program here we go hey everyone it's Mike Andes and you're listening to the business bootcamp podcast it's January 1st as I am recording this so happy new year 2018 is here I'm excited for what it has in store and uh, like I mentioned on one of the previous episodes I've always said 2018 will be my year I've always said for probably about three or four years that this is gonna be the year that I'll look back in 20 years and say this is when things pivoted this is when things started to happen really turn uh, amazing so that's what I'm looking forward to I, I look forward to seeing what you guys are doing this coming year. Now, uh, as I said in the last episode, if you have a question on how to start, grow, or save your business, and you would like to have a chance to come on the show and talk with me directly on the uh, over a phone call uh, for like 15, 20 minutes, make sure you email me at businessbootcamppodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what your what your your question is, what I can help you with, kind of a little bit of context about your business, and I will be choosing a few of those over the next couple months. So make sure you do that if you have a question. Now today's episode, we are talking about specifically for people that are trying to run their business from afar, and even more specifically, people that are running their trying to run their business from being running their business and be a college student. So. Let's jump into that. Before we do, though, a big thank you to today's sponsor. This is now their second episode sponsoring, and that is Vast Conference. And if you haven't already from last episode, go to conferencecalling.com. And I want to share experience that I had 
I don't think I've talked about a whole lot. I way back when, um, I sold like one of my you know actual nine to five jobs, like a real job before I started Augusta Lawn Care and have been doing the podcast enough. Before all that, I, for about five months, I sold credit card processing, and yeah, it was it was a good job, lots of sales, and it was something I was pretty good at. Um, obviously, although I had an entrepreneurial itch I had to scratch, um, so I ended up stopping. However, uh, it taught me a lot about sales, a lot about cold calling and just walking into places and building rapport with people. And so essentially what I was doing was selling card processing to uh, business owners, so restaurants and all that, so all small businesses. And that's how I really started to grow an affinity with local business owners, and that was right before I started the podcast and all that good stuff. So anyways, when I was at that job, we would every single morning we had a conference call, and the software that they used was absolutely pathetic, and we were always having technical difficulties trying to connect because we had people around the country doing sales. There was dozens of people on the phone. There was always problems with, like, clicking noises, and then your phone call would sometimes drop when too many people got in the line. And so that's why I wanted to, I, I, you know, this this uh, company, Vast Conference, when they reached out to me, I was like, you know what, Like, let's give this a shot. I think some people get value out of this. So if you do any sort of conference calling and you have multiple, like a sales team or your management team, or you want to connect, and because they don't just do calling, that's what I like about this company, is they don't just do phone calls. You can and connect via your mobile device and all that, but it also allows you to do screen sharing for your desktop computer and all of that. So they're giving us a, th- a free 30-day trial. So usually from their website, you can just get 14 days. They're giving us a 30-day free trial. So um, I definitely highly recommend that if you if you do use conference calling in any way, shape, or form, you're going to want to check this out. So all you need to do is go to conferencecalling.com slash trial offer, and you can, uh, or if you call them, you can just mention Business Bootcamp Podcast, and they'll know what you're talking about. So they'll give you that free 30-day trial, and uh, so it's great because you can have a dashboard and see everyone that's on, how many people are on, and it just, it's fantastic. So definitely you want to check that out. Also, Landscape Business Course, I've been really spending a lot more time on that. So if you are a landscaper, if you're wanting to start a business in the landscaping industry, landscapebusinesscourse.com is where the course is at, but the podcast is available for too. It's free, 100% free. Uh, the YouTube channel, you can just, you know, YouTube Landscape Business Course or even my name and that'll pop up. I've been putting more and more content on there for free as well as the Facebook page and just putting lots of video, lots of free content is that going out right now as well as the 2000. 2018 business strategy webinar that we had that is going to be getting uh, uploaded here pretty soon on the landscape business course webinar. Now let's jump in the day's episode. Uh, the episode today was really triggered by a question that came in from Trevor. Trevor is a, a, a student, a course member uh, of, of landscape business course. And so usually I would answer this type of a question on the landscape business course podcast. However, this one I think is good for people that are in college and wanting to start a business or are trying to go from high school to college or they're moving out of town and they're still trying to run their business. So I'm going to give you my two cents on some of the things that are kind of buzzwords, things like uh, absentee ownership of your business and things like that. Does it work? Can you do it? When does it work? When does it not work is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to 
actually let you listen to Trevor. He went ahead and sent an audio clip in. So I'm going to send you over to Trevor. He is just finished high school going into college and he's wondering if he should scale his business up or should he just kind of keep it where it's at right now because he's going to be three hours away and not be able to be at his business on a day-to-day basis. So let me uh, let you listen to Trevor, minute and a half of his audio clip, and then we'll jump back here and see what we can do to help him. Hey, my name is Trevor Peterson, and I just want to quickly apologize in advance for my stuffy nose. I'm a bit sick at the moment. But anyways, I created Lawn Squad Landscaping in 2013 when I was 14 years old. I had a little wagon I would use to pull my equipment around my neighborhood, and I decided I wanted to continue to grow my business and have it be my full-time job through middle and high school. After working in my business for a couple of years, I averaged around six to $10,000 a season with around 15 reoccurring customers and 15 to 20 one-time mowing jobs. However, now that I'm in college three hours away from where I mow, I've had to adjust everything so I can manage my business from anywhere. Lawn Pro will let me manage my schedules, invoices, and all the other back-end stuff in the business, and my online estimate system allows me to give quotes from college. The question I need your help with is what direction you think I should take with my business. I don't currently have $15,000 in cash to spend on your recommended budget, but I'd be willing to look into taking a loan for it. With my possible loans for, for my other business, car payments and rent, I'm a little bit worried about taking this big of a risk. But with your detailed plan explaining exactly how to scale the business, I think it has the potential to pay itself off fairly quickly. I also already have a 30-inch Turo push mower, but if I'm looking into getting a full-time crew to work while I'm in college, I may need to get a larger commercial mower. In general, what do you think is the best thing for me to do in my current situation? All right, so thank you, Trevor, for sending in the the question and... Hopefully you are now better and not having a stuffed up nose and everything like that. Sorry about that. Thank you for getting in the audio link though. I appreciate that. Uh, So there's two things I want to say about this. Number one is more in general for people that are trying to do absentee ownership. And then number two, uh, this is just my opinion about uh, running your business from college. So number one, I truly believe that a small business needs someone to be hands-on and responsible for for day-to-day operations. Um, I really, truly do believe that. Now, the thing is with online businesses and websites, it's a little bit easier for that not to be the case. It's a little bit easier for, and this is why it's become so popular, I believe, in the past 15, 20 years, because with the advent of the internet and so many companies being online, it really is true that you can run an online business from afar, uh, not be in contact with your your direct reports and your management team and all of that on a day-to-day basis. I truly believe that, you know, I know for a fact that most of the people listening to this podcast are not running multinational companies or uh, companies that are online, even e-commerce and things like that. Most of the people listening to this podcast are service-based businesses, businesses that are run from your home. And so you, I truly believe that a small business needs someone, it doesn't have to be you, but I I, I truly believe it needs somebody to be hands-on and responsible for the day-to-day operations. I've seen too many times where the business owner gets a little tiny bit of success. The company might be doing like $100,000, $200,000 in gross revenue, and maybe they start to feel like, wow, this is a good company, and maybe they just didn't ever have a great job before, so they don't even know that 
you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars is basically nothing when it comes to gross revenue because you have expenses and overhead. Maybe they just don't know that yet, and so they start to feel, oh, I, I, I got this great business. I can, and now they start to, you know, maybe listening to books and listening to things like uh, similar to the Four Hour Work Week, but more along the lines of you know not having to work and and everything being automated and it all. That's great if it's an online business and or some sort of automated retail thing or drop shipping and things like that. But if you have employees that need direction from you, I truly believe you need to be there on a day-to-day basis. Whether you and whether, like I said, it doesn't have to be you necessarily. There just needs to be someone accountable for day-to-day operations. And especially in a lawn care landscaping business like Trevor's talking about here, it's very, very difficult to run one of these businesses when you don't have a presence in the office every single day. Now, this is also gonna vary based on the size of your company and things like that, and the nature of the business and what industry you're in and all of that, but I truly have just seen too many small business owners get a taste of success, and then they flip to being wanting to have, you know, go on vacation three or four times a year for extended periods of time and travel the world. And that's all fine and good, but I just think that if you want a business to succeed and continue to grow at the pace that it might have for the past couple years, you're going to have to be there in person. So I've just I've just seen too many people saying that, you know, they they listened to on you know the E Myth and the, the book E Myth, if you haven't you know heard it already, Michael Gerber writes a book and he talks about working on your business instead of in your business. But the 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 the, the fact of the matter what people forget is there's got to be someone to work on the work in the business. It's not like everyone can work on the business. There's got to be people work in the business. So if you truly believe that you can step out of day-to-day operations and not be present at the office, this is the key. You need somebody to be the manager. You need someone to be chief operations officer. You need a, a you know a manager for that location if you have multiple locations to govern the day-to-day operations and make things make sure things are running smoothly. So this is what I would say. Don't step out of the day-to-day operations. Don't try to run a a remote, be a remote owner or absentee owner until you can afford to pay someone that is competent enough to manage that location, that office, or your business. So uh, I truly believe that yes, you don't want to work in your business. I I always push, if you listen to this, you know my opinion on this. You want to be working on your business. You want to be thinking about strategy, but for you not to be present in the business, in a business like lawn care, landscaping, construction, cleaning, roof repair, any sort of home services or a business that requires your employees to see you and, and get your, like eventually if you don't, if you don't create the culture and if you're not present there enough to create the culture, they're going to create, the employees are going to create some other culture. That might be a good thing if you luck out. That might be a really, really bad thing though. If you leave for three and four weeks on a vacation and come back to find out that, that all of a sudden things are changed as far as how they, the customers are treated, people aren't showing up on time. And then it's hard to change that when you've been gone so long and there's been no one there to like keep everything going the right direction. And so until, don't step out of the day-to-day operations until, this is my opinion, don't step out of day-to-day operations until you can afford someone that will work in the business but manage all the day-to-day operations. So yes, get to try to get working on the business but make sure you can afford someone that's like, and the reason I say that is because you're not just gonna get a, 
you know, a COO, chief operation officer, an office manager to work at the, you know, $15 an hour. Like you're going to have to pay them a little bit more uh, to get them working, to manage people and keep other keep people accountable and work with the books and work with the accounting and work with the marketing and know all of these. You're going to have to pay them more. So until you can afford someone like that, make sure that you're present, accounted for, that you're, you have boots on the ground, you know the culture of the company, you can get the feeling of what the employees are talking about, feeling, and, and, and making sure that the company is moving forward and progressing according to your vision. So that's my first kind of general statement. I, like I said, I know this is not necessarily the best advice for things like internet companies or e-commerce or drop shipping retail products or Amazon stuff or even companies that are more mobile can use trucks and things like that. Like I get it, okay? But I've just seen too many times where owners get a little taste of success and then they feel like they can step out of the business's day-to-day operations and it all caves in from there. They feel like they're, you know, they have great people and they don't need me to be there every single morning office. I can come in a couple hours late. And I just see that too much too often, too soon in the business cycle, too soon in the the the, the life cycle of the business and uh, the, the business eventually just begins to deteriorate. So that's my more generic advice. Now to Trevor and spe- specifically to people that are uh, going to college. So I went to college and I ran my business, uh, but I didn't do that until I was doing my MBA at night. So theoretically, I was kind of working uh, part-time. I was kind of going to school part-time because it was in the evening. So you had four hours worth of lecture time and then maybe a few hours a day of, of, of homework and projects and things like that. Now, that being said, also another caveat is like, I only had like four to five employees max then. Uh, and so I just want to give you some context. So that being said to someone like Trevor, I would say this is, this is specifically to Trevor, I would say don't scale your business up yet because you can't afford the guy that's gonna run your cruise every single day and you need that guy because the last thing you want is Trevor is to be in a lecture hall one day needing to get information on whatever you're learning and your phone's blowing up because your crews are stuck and they need someone to, uh, they need advice as, you know, if something broke and they don't know what to do, they don't know where to go, they don't know who to call or how to fix this and it's a little simple issue. Or, you know, your phone dies for all you know and then they're trying to call you, they can't reach you and so they essentially just sit away for, sit, sit there for two hours waiting for you to pick up your phone. So, I truly believe, Trevor, that you should not scale up the business yet because you can't afford to hire someone that can be there every single day and you're three hours away. That's the key, you know, the killer right now for you to scale up is because you can't be there every day. You can hardly be there every weekend. So what I would suggest you do, and this is what I suggest to most college students that can't be present in their business is if you're, if you're looking to start a business and you're going to college, try to do something online because it is mobile. If you transfer credits and things like that or some sort of business that can move with you. So whether that be services, servicing campus, your, your college campus, and you can move it to another college campus if you transfer or whatever it is, I'd be looking online or ways to create revenue streams that are not going to be locked down to a geographical location. That's if you're just starting out. For someone like Trevor who already has a business, now he's going to college. Trevor, I would recommend working on the the weekends to do all the work right now. So you have the 15 jobs that you're kind of, you know, doing. I think you can cram that into the weekends, the work part, and then do the estimates, the emails, the follow-up customer service on the evenings while you're in school. And then then build the business up to, you know, maybe 15, $20,000 
in annual revenue, pay for your college expenses, save up a little money so when you do come out of college, you have some money to expand, get some more equipment, maybe hire some guys and start growing the business. So I know you're a, cor you're a course member, and so what you're talking about there, the, uh, the $15,000 is that budget. What I would recommend doing is trying to get that $15,000, saving that over the course of the next few years, by putting money away on these weekends when you go out and do the work. And then during the evenings, this is what people forget so often how much time they have after school, after work, and literally you can have a second job. And I don't recommend necessarily doing that, but I'm just saying you have time. And whether or not you're gonna decide to go party every night or go you know, watch TV for hours each night or hang out with the guys each night, or you can figure out if this is what you want with your business, you can run a, a second side hustle business while you're in college, while you're working another job. I think people forget and they devalue the amount of time that is in the evenings and on the weekends that you can really create something and get the, it started, get it into second gear before you have to jump in 100% into your entrepreneurial adventure. So if you're in school right now, like Trevor, and you have to move away, I would not try to scale up your business right now, Trevor. It's going to be very, very difficult to, because what would happen is even if you scale up this next year, go out to $100,000 in annual revenue, you still won't be able to afford a good project manager uh, that you can train or if, like you don't have the time to train them. So you're going to have to pay even more because they're going to need experience. So you're going to be looking at 40, 50, at least thousand dollars, at least 40, 50,000 dollars, like more like 60, 70,000 to get someone that experience that can run crews, manage your customers is going to be trustworthy. And there's just going to be absolutely no upside for you as far as revenue. And, and so that's why I always say small business need to have someone uh, day, uh, someone to be hands-on for and responsible for day-to-day -day operations. And until you can afford someone to do that, that person needs to be you, the business owner. If you have a demographically challenged and, and a, uh, a regionally, uh, you know, a regional business where you have to meet a certain demographic. Uh, so that would be my advice to you, Trevor. So if you're in school, I'd consider a side hustle. Work on the weekends, do the work on the weekends, and then in the evenings, work on the estimates, all the customer communication. And if you haven't, if you are going to college and you, or you have a job right now, I'd be, or you think you're going to be moving in a couple years and you're thinking about starting a business, I'd really think about how can I make a business that moves with me? Whether that be doing something online, some sort of e-commerce, something, some sort of sales job that can move with you. I'd figure that out really fast because the last thing you want is to be stranded between moving with your family and a business or taking a promotion, your current job and running a little side hustle. Like whatever it is, you don't want to ever have to have that issue. So if you think you're going to be moving or you're going to be transferring your credits to another college or you are going to be going and getting married, doing whatever, if you're younger, like whatever it is, figure out what you want out of life, figure out what your goals, your plans are, and then make your, build your business around that. And so I think if people just reverse engineered and thought a little bit more about it, they'd build businesses and they'd, they'd create the lifestyle they want and use their business as a vehicle to do so instead of allowing the business to constantly be a hurdle that they got to figure out. So for instance, like me right now, I know that I am in that big transferring stage of handing day-to-day -day operations off and handing that all off to my management team and working on the franchising for Augusta Lawn Care and working more on the course and the podcast for the landscaping stuff. So I know there's a big transi transition there, but literally I'd 
in like the you know the four years that I've been growing Augusta Lawn Care, I'm basically there every single day. It's only been the past like year that I can travel and leave and and I'm a little bit more detached from the day to day operations. By the end of this year, it will literally be where I don't need to be there necessarily. I'll just make high level decisions and things like that. So it's very interesting time for me. And so I wanted to make this for all the other entrepreneurs that are in college or that are trying to do a side hustle. Should you do a side hustle? Yes. If you're running a business, I mean, if you're at, if you're at a nine to five job right now, spend your weekend, spend your holidays, spend your uh, evenings building the side hustle, get it in second gear, get it out of park, get it out of first gear, which is barely crawling. And then you just you know, get one or two customers, get it out of first gear, get into second gear so that when you hit third gear, you can quit your job and go full time if that's your goal. Or if you're in college, same thing, you know, get the business started. You don't need a bunch of revenue and you don't have employees. Like do it all yourself, work, grind evenings, weekends, get it out of first gear, you know, get into second gear, which is trying to make a little bit of money. It's trying to keep you busy on those weekends and those evenings. And so when you come out of college, you have a decision, either a, you can go get your good job or now you have another option here. And that is to throw it into third gear, go full time and really start to scale up the company. I think if that was your decision, that's what I'd be doing. A lot of people ask me this question. And the reason I want to talk about it today is because they know I went to college and ran my business, but I was here. I was within, you know, I went to college literally 15 minutes from where I live and but probably like five miles from our Bellingham shop. So it was really close and it was in the evenings and I would not have done it if it was in Seattle or like three or four hours away. I wouldn't have, would not have done the college. And as some of you know, I dropped out 80% of the way through the program, just a couple courses left. The reason was, it was because I no longer saw the value. I had to figure out one way or the other. I think I think a lot of times people are trying to do things half-baked and I was finding myself, I was trying to do this half-baked course, you know, MBA course and finishing off these courses and not doing a very good job, not showing up to class very well, not doing my homework, not really caring very much. Uh, in class, I was on my computer working on my business and then at the same time, I couldn't, you know, allocate that time and energy to my business. So I was doing two two things half baked, and I just figured out I just had to make the decision. You know what? The next you know few months of my life, yes, I could just get the MBA finished, but I think those those few months by allocating that time and energy to the business, I probably could uh, you know I, I leapfrogged like a year's worth of time putting that money and that time and energy into the business, and so I don't regret that, um, and I don't think I ever will. But uh, that's just something I'd be thinking about. I'd be thinking about, should you be doing something half-baked or should like, for some people, the right decision would have been get the MBA, not scale up the business, kind of let it run at a few employees and, and go figure out, you know, finish the MBA and then jump back to their business a year and just, you know, a year later. So you just got to figure out what's right for you. There is no right answer to this question of, should I be doing a side hustle? Should I be do- running a business in college? Should I start a business at all? You got to figure out what you want out of life, what your goals, your ambitions are, and what you want the business to do in your life. So that's it for today, everyone. Again, this is Mike Andes. You're listening to Business Bootcamp Podcast. And go to businessbootcamppodcast.com or email me, And I would love to hear from you on how we can help you start, grow, or save your business, get you on the phone, and set up a call with you live for the podcast. Again, we'll see you next time, and be great, because nothing else